Welcome everybody to Bowery Boogie on Cap with Rebel Mouth. I want to give a special shout out to my friends over at Bowery Boogie. I'd be down with cool. So when they do that, they reach out to Bowery Boogie. I grew up in the Bronx. I came to the States in 1967. Bowery Boogie on Cap with Rebel Mouth. So welcome everybody to our newest episode of Bowery Boogie Uncapped. I'm Rebel Knowledge and I'm here with my co-host Brass. Today we are interviewing Gothic Hangman. So welcome everyone. Hey, thanks. What's up? <laughs> Hangman, we're so excited to have you. You say that now. No, it's so true. And I think the most pressing uh... question is how did you get your name? <laughs> because I've always wanted to ask you this and never did. You know, it's kind of like a, a multi-pronged story, but you know, uh, I you know I was painting, I was painting graffiti in New York City in the 1980s, and I had a whole bunch of different names, and I constantly had to change my name because I was uh, battling or at war with different people, getting crossed out, crossing them out a lot, um, and whatnot, and we went down to the Kingston layups uh, in Brooklyn during the day in the afternoon to do some trains. And we got uh, busted by some undercover cops. I was like uh, 15 years old. So I was a minor and I had to change our tags, you know? So my partner at the time, you know, uh, he turned around and he was like, uh, one of the names I was thinking of, I think you should write it as Hang 10. So some people know me as Hang 10, but that didn't really work for me because you have the whole, like, Maui scene, Rick Griffin kind of, um, you know, Hang 10 was more of a surfing thing or a skateboarding thing. So I thought about it for a couple of weeks, and I kind of begrudgingly took the name Hang 10, but I never... It, it never really suited me 100% of the time until, you know, I started getting up on the sixth line and doing all that. And I started hanging out at 125th on the one line with uh, the writers over there in like 1985. And John won, who people may know very well, John won from 156 crew, walked up to me one day. And he was just like, yo, hang, man. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> and it just, like, kind of hit me. You know, I'm like, shit, I'm the fucking hangman. You know? And so, you know, somebody later that day, uh, we, were, we were hassling them on the train platform or something, you know, a younger feed writer. We're like, go to school, get back on the train, you know? Uh, you're too young to hang out over here. And somebody was like, yo, you write? What do you write? And I was like, I write hangman. What's up? <laughs> so you met John one that day and he put you down. No, I knew John. I hung out with John a lot in those days. We, uh, we worked for this place called Graffiti Inc., which was down near Worth Street where, like, these Arab dudes were, like, having us draw designs for, like, T-shirts and uh, doing uh, painting jackets with Omni. Uh, sometimes would come, but it would be me, John 1, Rack, and Rack 7, and Kyle, and we all worked for, the, for these guys doing, like, Levi's jackets and T-shirts. Um... So I got to hang out with those guys a lot, actually, which was great. And so was John One writing White Man still, or was he writing John One when you met him? No, he had been John One for years. I mean, when I first started writing graffiti, he was already John One in like, you know, 1981, 1982. He had these big giant bubble letter throw-ups on like all the all the letter lines. Right, with Kyle. Before so that he even. So are you, one, you are 156, though, right, to this day? I'm, I'm a foundation member, yeah. I'm one of the original members, yes. So who were the original members? Um, it was John 1, 
Kyle. Uh, who else? Um, me. Rack Seven. Omni. Uh, there was a guy who wrote Sage and Chow. Who else was uh, Praise One Five Six? And there was my old partner Bind, but I'm not going to really talk about him. And um, I don't know, you know, a lot of other people. I mean, I guess you had Sack. There was a ton of people down with One Five Six in the beginning. I mean, they were pulling off like whole trains every weekend. In 1985, on the one line, like tons of full cars. I was just going to say, one five six is world famous. So that as being part of that crew um, allowed you to travel internationally and things like that. Well, you know, when I go overseas, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I've gone, uh, I've gone to Denmark, uh, and then uh, met up with Bates one five six and. Bates and I and this guy Zorro, uh, we and um, and Great, who's also Bates's partner, we all went to Mount. We all met up in Malmo, Sweden, and painted like the side of a wall of an amusement park, like around Christmas time, four years ago. It's just like family. Like I'm just like, look, I'm in town. You know, how can you help me get some paint? Do you have a spot? And people are like, yeah. That's great. And even those European dudes, they were like, for a guy who used to paint on the subway trains, they're like, you know how to paint big. I was like, well, I did a lot of handball court walls, too. Your style is definitely unique, and I think that it's kind of surreal. Um, a lot of what you do now would be considered fine art. Are you still doing graffiti, or what do you... Well, I do, you know, I mean, I'm working on this, I'm working on this, like, alphabet, graffiti alphabet, um that I've really, in my own way, I like to pay Rama, you know, uh, homage to Ram LZ mm. and his idea of the Gothic futurists. So, I mean, people say my work is Gothic surreal uh, or surreal. And, you know, I mean, I appreciate that. I don't mind being lumped in with that camp, I guess. But really, for me, I consider myself a gothic futurist and even the estate of Ram LZ, you mm. know, legitimately in my own right. Let me say that I'm a gothic futurist. I mean, what can they do? They can't stop me. But, but I really do try to honor, like, a lot of ideas and the importance of the lexicon and the iconography and how letters can really be pieces of art. Let me ask you, when did you become goth, gothic hangman, opposed to just hangman? Well, in the early 2000s, uh, back in the MySpace days, <laughs> uh, bring back MySpace, hashtag bring back MySpace. You know, MySpace was much cooler than crap like Facebook. Mm -hmm. And because uh, you could customize it, you could do all the stuff to your profile. You know, because I was on MySpace, like, very, very early, uh, I showed up on a lot of people's profiles because it was chronologically. Your friend who joined the first was within your top eight. Your top eight. <laughs> and I was in so many people's top eight that, you know, I got well-known as Gothic Hangman. But the reason I chose Gothic Hangman was I decided I was doing photography of, like, my lifestyle at the time, and I decided to make my photography studio Gothic Hangman Studios, and so it was an email that I was able to create. Uh, I couldn't just create Hangman, so uh, I thought about it a little bit, and then I created Gothic Hangman, but that was really like a way of keeping stuff going, but then I just became known that way so even my art, when I would show my artwork, I started saying to the galleys, I want to show my artwork under the monitor moniker of Gothic Hangman. And they were like, well, okay. You know, they didn't really give me a hard time about it. Only Facebook, you know, has this thing that they don't think that, that, that it's an acceptable name. It doesn't meet their community standards. <laughs> I can have a fan page, but I can't have a profile called Gothic Hangman. 
<laughs> you know, they didn't accept Tom on, on Facebook. Nobody remember Tom? Everyone's oh, yeah. Friend. He was everyone's friend, that guy, like, looking backwards. <laughs> Like creepy ass dude when we were on myspace we were i was actually doing like html coding and shit exactly i would rewrite code and put pictures and yeah. horror and- i always had a pinup girl as my backdrop i don't know why just like enamored by like the, the gill girls or what, what i don't even remember what they're called right now i wrote a lot of crazy like poetry blogs on myspace and you know everybody used to say damn i need a thesaurus to read the stuff that you write like i don't even i i, I barely know three out of seven words that you put <laughs> on the fucking page because <laughs> for, for those people who are listening that ha- don't know you and your character the first time i saw you it was like looking at a steampunk novel come to life with the, the top hat and the long duster coat and everything. Yeah, fuck that. I'm an old horror dude in reality. Like the pipe, you know, though. You had the, the tobacco pipe. I mean, everything about you is a, is such a unique character. There's really nobody in graffiti or street art that compares to you uh, in your individualism. So, how did you start? It's hard to illustrate this sort of thing. Obviously, we can try to describe it for people. You know. Um, the way that I write my moniker, Hangman, is very, very specific calligraphy, you know. I mean, uh, you, I believe you've seen it, you know, and, you know, people know my moniker. I mean, I used to hang out with guys like Kid Panama, and he would say stuff to me like, you know, Hangman, he's, he's like, other guys could take 100 tag, but you know where to place one tag so well that it's worth 100 tags. And so you had to have a really distinctive way that you wrote your name, or at least that's how I felt growing up looking at guys like Zephyr, you know, who to me was like the king of tags. Like when you saw a Zephyr tag, you know you saw a Zephyr tag, you know, and it was that original. And Somehow my hangman tag evolved to the way that it is, but I mean, I feel like it's a direct homage to Zephyr in a way. That's so nice. Uh, You know, I wanted to create a tag in my own style, but that was as distinctive. And I was fortunate enough to do it and fortunate enough to even get the praise from someone like Zephyr where he turned around and said, you know, I've never seen a tag more original than yours. Oh, he said that to you? He said you have the most original, distinctive tag I've ever seen. That means so much coming from him to me. I'm like, well, I learned my lesson. I learned from the best. Great compliment. He's a good dude. That's a great compliment, yeah. Let me ask you a quick question there. Um, It's graffiti now. Uh, which were your favorite train lines to uh to hit i spent a lot of time uh on the six train uh painting uh and tagging on the six train uh sometimes the twos and the fives uh the a the a line i used to go down to brooklyn to the a line with guys like uh ja and smith and I used to do throw-ups on the A-trains uh, back in the 80s. Some of these guys are pretty legendary, um, like household names in graffiti. Uh, you had a story about taking J.A. Uh, to his first train yard, right? Do you want to tell us about that? I think I met J.A. like writing on mailboxes or something like that, like late one night. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, I kind of, like, found him in the street. He really wasn't anything but kind of, like, a street tagger in his neighborhood. And, um, you know, when he met me and Omni uh, and Bind, and we were all at, like, some apartment, we all just decided to go up to the train yard. And, uh, I mean, you know, J.A. was, like, about to jizz in his fucking pants because he'd never been to a train yard. And... You know, there he was with fucking Omni and Hangman and Bind, and we took him up to the D yard. Uh, 
for the first time. And, you know, that gave him a lot of legitimacy before, you know, obviously he was the vandal we all know and love or hate, you know, depending on the... <laughs> so you Jay probably deserves that? a lot of hate, you know, but I wouldn't let him get beat up in the street, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he probably deserves it, but I wouldn't like to see people ganging up on him, you know. So you grew up in the city, though, right? Yeah, I grew up, you know, product of 70s divorce, you know, so, you know, my mom lived uptown, and my father, uh, we, I grew up in Greenwich Village on Bleecker Street. So, so you're so going back and forth? Yes, definitely. Hitting the trains on the way home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At what age did you start? I mean, even before that, I was getting into trouble on the trains before <laughs> I did graffiti. <laughs> What year did you start writing graffiti? Like, what age? I started, like, in 1982. So I was 14. Like, I just got to high school in the early 80s, and graffiti was starting to be a thing. And, you know, I was attracted to the characters, and, of course, obviously, you know, I still am. Um, you know, Sack said to this dude Sco that like Hangman's the master of characters. So that, you know, that to me was a huge compliment for my boy Sack to say something like that. And at what point did you start wearing a top hat? Um, you know, it's really kind of crazy, but um, about 22 years ago, I bought a coat and I've been looking for like a wool double breasted coat for the winter. And I like, wander into Saks Fifth Avenue of all places and I go up to the men's department and there's this like wool coat by Jean-Paul Gaultier. It's 1200 bucks. And I've been looking for that coat for over 10 years, something like it, surplus, anything used, couldn't find it. And I found that coat and I was like, I have to have this coat. This is the perfect, great coat. And I got the coat on credit card and, uh, I, you know, I'm wearing it. I'm like, this coat is so great. And when, I, you know, back in the 80s, I was wearing like a long oil skin duster and like a Stetson cowboy hat, you know, like real fucking Clint Eastwood, you know, and here I get this double breasted wool coat and I'm like, well, this definitely needs a hat too, because I always like hats. And I was like, the only kind of hat that's going to go with a coat like this is a top hat, and I need to wear a top hat. So I went to, like, one of the oldest hat stores in New York City, like, down in the financial district, and I bought a Celentino top hat. I always have a Celentino top hat. Actually, I have several. I have other top hats which I've modified. I have other top hats which I've made. You know, some of them are pieces of art. Um you know, runs the gamut. I can just picture like the silhouette of a guy sneaking in the yard, you know, long coat trailing behind top hat. Shit, I wish it, I wish I could have a big giant nozzle on the top of my top hat, like a spray paint nozzle and just press press the top of my hat, you know, and it would just spray paint out of my hat. Some You're fucking inspector gadget shit. You, I, get, get, get smart, you know? You're very capable of making that. You're a builder, right? A craftsman? I was, I'm an award-winning profit costume designer, yes. So, get to sketching, homie. <laughs> making so much crazy art. I've been decorating lately. I've just been having a blast. Pandemic is the artist's dream. I can stay at home and make art, and I don't have to deal with anybody. Like, that's perfect. Any time of year, not just when there's a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But I, I mean, obviously, this podcast was born from the pandemic, which is great. But I do miss having shows. I miss people. Um, <laughs> you know. Nah, fuck them. They just talk a lot of shit. Who needs them? <laughs> they're getting in the way of my. They're getting in the way of my narrative. So, but you're here, right, for the pandemic because you're you're here to, you came to spend time with your mom, right? But you don't actually live in New York anymore. Is that true? Well, now I do. <laughs> 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 I 
Welcome I've back. Here, I've, I've been here a year straight. You know, I'm working on it. I'm working on the house. My, you know, my mom is 91 years old. She can't even carry a carton of milk from the from the store by herself. But God damn it, you know, her brain is sharp as hell. Wow, bless her. 90 years old. She's doing her tax preliminary taxes right now. She's better than the accountant. Okay, so pre-pandemic, though, you moved out of New York. I went to New Orleans, yeah. I was making a go at New Orleans for the second time in my life. I wanted to dial, I wanted to go back there after uh, a bunch of bullshit in my life. And I was like, you know what? Where should I go? I could have gone anywhere in the world. I was like, well, the last place that I was me seven years earlier uh, was when I was down in New Orleans. And when I come up from New Orleans, this was like 10 years ago. And I just felt like, I guess maybe I need to go back there for a reboot or recalibrate stuff. You know, and I went down there and I just didn't want to leave, you know, but I was back and forth all the time. I'm by coastal, yo. Gulf Coast, East Gulf Coast. Gulf Coast, East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> How did you transition from like graffiti into uh to art to the art environment? You know, what would you say was like your your point? What point in your life did you decide to like transition over? You know what I you know I was really lucky as a kid to you know to go over to Europe and you know my family had friends or you know my my parents were working in Europe and I got to go there starting when I was very young. So, I mean, I was, I remember being like seven years old and seeing Rembrandt's The Night Watch, you know, so I'm like half the size that I am now probably. And that painting was huge. And I looked at that and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And there's a lot of art that I feel that way about, of course, but, you know, I did my graffiti, and then I went to a show at the Morgan Library of Master yeah, Drawings, and there was this one drawing by Rubens in that particular show that I was like, I want to learn how to draw like that. So I went to the Art Students League and started studying anatomy and drawing. I, I got my nose full enough of all of that for three years, you know, drawing new models and all that. Then... I took a couple of years, and then I found out about a painting teacher, um, this guy, Carlos Madrid. And um, Carlos had studied in Austria with this artist I love, Ernst Fuchs. So I went and learned a lot of technical stuff, which really um, has helped me to solidify, you know, create the kind of reality of what I want. But, you know, I have quite a bit of classical training. I mean, I would say seven years of classical drawing and painting. But I still, you know, gravitate back towards my own style. That's a pretty impressive resume, though, right? Fine art, <laughs> art school. I, I worked with decorators, and I worked in the theater making props. I mean, you're like, like a full polymath here. <laughs> I believe. Well, you know what? The the word I have, you know, I mean, if you can't talk about it during a podcast, when can you talk about it? I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a Leonardo da Vinci award, you know. From, wow. the Beaux Arts, from the Beaux Arts Society because, uh, you know, I'm a multi-disciplined artist. You know, I work in lots of different media. So they gave me, you know, best props and best costume design for a show they hated. Um, but they but they loved on the merit of my work. They loved well, my Are you work. allowed to say what show it was so we can check out the costume? Uh, it was called the Carmen Mofongo Show. It was actually a show that my ex-wife was doing, um, a comedy show, and I would create all the props and costumes for her. For this, it was a serial, a serial play. So you know, every six weeks you'd get a new episode in the story. It'd be written, rehearsed, and staged. Like every six weeks, there'd be another show, mm-hmm. and we used to do that at Surf Reality in the Horse Trade Theater downtown, and the, the Horse Trades theaters still around they run the crane and all of that those, those they're a bunch of excellent folks that's so great so we just got up one day and just decided you want to design uh clothes and uh props. costumes and props and you know what i just like making shit what, thing, what can i tell you i like working with leathers plastics wood metal you know 
I mean, brass in a way you have that in common, right? See, brass yeah. has like yeah. he makes clothing for everyone. He makes logos. He made the logo for this podcast. Did well, you know, know I'm a, I, I, I'm a sty- I'm a fashion maven. I'm a style messiah. You know, I mean, a I style make style. Messiah. <laughs> I, I, I stole that from Vulcan, who was an old graffiti <laughs> artist. But fuck it, I'm a style messiah too. You know, uh, Vulcan came up with that, but. But you just uh, you just top people calling themselves kings and legends. legends. Now you're fucking messiahs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would never call myself a king. You know, oh, thank God. <laughs> Everyone is. But, but you know, I can. But but I can. But I can get Leroy out like a motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, everyone's doing it. Some people are calling themselves gods, legends, and kings. Right, all in one. All in one. I love graffiti, but some of that, st- some of that shit is still so goddamn immature. You got fifty, sixty-year-old men; they're still behaving like they're fifteen years old, and it's a little sad. Yes, it is. I mean, I think you should still make art and paint, and I'm not discouraging any of that shit, you know. But it's like. Show me what you got. Give me everything you got. I always think the best is yet to come. It's not about like resting on some laurels about, you know, use some popsicle, use more popsicle orange on the train than anybody else back in 1979, you know, so you're a king. So let me ask you, uh, what was your favorite paint? What paint did you like to use all the time? Like, uh, what caps? I know there weren't much caps in the 80s, so. He probably made his own. No, we used to get the GIF ones, you know. Yeah. That, 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 was, the, that, was, the, that was the score of the GIF caps back in the old days. Nice fat cap. I love all the new caps and the new paint, and it's really amazing. But, um, you know, I grew, up, I grew up on Krylon paint and Krylon stock caps. And, you know, I earned a lot of blisters painting pieces with that stuff. Um, you know, when, when your finger had such a big blister that you, then you had to use your thumb and your whole hand was cramping up because the pressure was so high pressure on those old spray paint cans, not like the shit you got now. I mean, it's, um, it's amazing how different spray paint is now than it used to be, but I love it. Who are your (laughs) idols and who do you want to, like who, if you had an opportunity to write with one of them, who would it be? That's a tough question, man. You know, you know, I probably wish Kid Panama was still around because he was such a legend. He was a really cool guy to hang out with. You know, I've done some crazy drinking with Scene because, you know, we're kind of like six line compatriots. Although, you know, I mean, if somebody can call themselves king, I certainly don't have a problem with Scene doing that. And that's going to be very controversial. You know, people don't like that he calls himself the godfather of graffiti, but I love that dude, and he's always treated me like a million fucking bucks and opened any place he had to me. He's a stellar guy. I like I love that guy. Okay. That's fair. You go. I yeah. don't really I don't know I don't know really anyone that has a bad thing to say about him. Oh, people talk shit, come on. Yeah. Fucking break. You know what I mean? Like uh I mean like openly. Like no one's gonna be like, hey rebel. Fuck this guy, you know, like on a podcast. No, I mean, I'd love to paint with Zephyr, to be honest. You know, that's nothing I ever really got to do. Let's um, make that shit happen, man. That's it. Dude, he needs to fucking take a, a step back from his breaking away, like, racing bike lifestyle, you know. And, um, you know, I'd like to see him do some painting. I'd like to, I, I'd love the, to do some painting. Well, maybe we could do a Barry Boogie thing where at some point where him and I paint together. I yeah, the, the after COVID gauntlet. <laughs> I'd love to paint. I'd, lo- I'd, I'd love to paint with that, too. That would be like... Yeah, I want to see you in a gauntlet, though. I remember for the last gauntlet, you were in New Orleans, so... I, I, I'll wear a top hat and I'll paint with one hand behind my back and I'll, and I'll burn anybody that's <laughs> I'm so ready for that. I'll burn them with one hand behind my back. <laughs> well, the reigning champ right now is Part. So I love that dude. I painted with him. I, I love Part. Yeah, he's, he's a good. He's a, he's he done it. I don't have a bad thing to say about him. But you know, I'm open. Well, what was it last time we did three heats, and then whoever won the heat in this case, it was Part. 
battled Rhee, who was the reigning champ from the first one. And then the audience voted and they picked part. And then COVID hit. Well, you know what? I mean, I, I, I actively see what he's up to and vice versa. You know, I mean, he definitely keeps his eye. You I mean, with the internet, you just never know who's really gawking at you, who's stalking you. Especially with uh, Instagram and social media. I don't know. I'm a little bit disappointed. You know, I like, you know, I always felt like I could excel at being like a professional hate mail writer and I just like don't get enough opportunities to write hate mail. I mean, I, I wrote some, I, I wrote, I wrote some angry mail to Zephyr once, you know. About what? <laughs> Took like six, I wrote him a letter and he didn't write me back for like six fucking months. <laughs> Said that shit Said that shit to his P.O. box. No, I live in oh. fucking stamp. Okay. Sent that shit to his P.O. box. <laughs> I drew like a big giant Z inside of my letter, you know, like a peace letter, and wrote in this whole fucking letter. What did the know. letter say? I need to know. Let's battle, motherfucker. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the greatest tag? Let's go. Did you get a return to send the letter back? He wrote me back and he was like, listen, I was about to mail you a fucking t-shirt and then I got this letter from you. I probably have it somewhere. And I got this letter from you and now I'm not sending you anything. <laughs> so Zephyr owes me a t-shirt, by the way. I want a Zephyr t-shirt. I got a Chris217 I Love New York t-shirt and I said, write it nicely. Like, don't scroll that shit like the rest of your tags. I said, get the Chris217 right inside the heart of the I Love New York. Don't go outside of it and fuck it up. He writes that shit so fast. He was at one of our, our shows at Lovecraft. and I'm, like, I'm down with the acid writers. Oh my god. I've never seen somebody write five letters so, and three numbers so quickly. It was like it's I toy. And it was over. It's so it's so toy, but it works. <laughs> it's Chris two seventeen. I mean, what, the, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> oh, I can't wait to start having shows again. And you're going to be there because you're still in New York. Yay! What are you? So are you planning on going back to the Gulf Coast? You know, there's things I want to do down there, but not all the things that people maybe think that I sh- should be doing. And I just. I've got my hands full in New York. A lot happened in New York, and I just I need I, I need to be a son of Gotham and fucking do the New York shit, you know. What are you like, Batman now? What, what, <laughs> it's part of his name. <laughs> what? God, Gotham, Gotham. I got New it. York City is called Gotham. It, Washington Irving, the guy who wrote Sleepy Hollow. I'm well aware that New York is called Gotham. I actually went to Washington Irving's house in Sleepy Hollow, and it was magical. There was this giant lawn in front of the the ice house, and I'm just strolling along, and I turn around, and there's just two, two baby deer. Two deer just chilling. It was like I was in a storybook, a fairy tale. It's right on the Hudson. A train goes by. It was just magical. When Bambi kills. No, <laughs> Bambi. He, well, poor Bambi. The trauma of Disney. Bambi's got Lyme disease. Fuck that. It was so <laughs> I mean, granted, you're right. I did have to check for ticks, but it was. It was Bambi's got disease. some killer ticks, man. Look yeah. out. Lyme disease is no joke, but. Oh, no. no, I'm not joking about it, but you know. Yeah, so watch. Listen, you know, I like comedy, and you know, a lot of the kind of stuff that I like. I mean, I'm not. I don't. I think people should be responsible for the things they say. You know, and I think you know, like Mae West said, that people that are offended too easily need to be offended more often. But you know, when it comes to a lot of different things, I just feel that political correctness doesn't. It's really a problem, you know. I still think guys like Don Rickles are brilliant. Well, Mae West would not have fared well in today's climate. None of the old comics would have fared well in this climate. All right, well, we got Dave Chappelle. But some of these other guys, and I don't want to name them because I don't, don't, you know, some of these other comics, I'm just like... That's the best we got. Like you're no George Carlin. You're oh not my Steve. God, George you're, Carlin. You're 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 
you're not a sage. You're just some angry dude spitting venom. You know, maybe you don't, maybe you come from a second city or a third city. You're not even from New York. So I don't even necessarily think that the shit that you're talking about, it's like, yeah, that shit might fly in Chicago or in Philly or in fucking Boston. But one, there's no reason to be that angry. And two, you know, it, it, it gets boring really quick. I, yeah, George Carlin, as offensive as he was, even Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, <laughs> just better times. The world. I love Rodney Dangerfield. Fun. Yeah, my, fa- my favorite, my favorite Rodney Dangerfield is. Hey, I joined Alcoholics Anonymous the other day. Now I drink under a different name. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so I drink under the name Hangman. By the way. When I do my drinking, I'm definitely hangman. <laughs> Multi-talented, multi-personality going on? Hangman hey hey holds my liquor or doesn't. Does the hat tilt at an angle when you start drinking? I'm like a drink bird, yeah. <laughs> this feels very Jekyll and Hyde. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Uh, Dick Dasterly. You remember that from uh, it was a cartoon? He used to wear the top hat. Had a dog named Muttley. Smiley whiplash. Nice. Who's the? Was that the? And he drove the car. He was bald. The wacky racers. The wacky racers. Right, right. Mister McGill. Catch that pigeon. Catch that pigeon. Yeah. (laughs) Finale pit stop. You guys are old. Listen, I listen. I want look. You know what? I watch. I watch Bullwinkle pull tigers out of his top hat. You know, I mean, cartoons definitely had a huge impact. Uh, as an artist, even with a fine art career, like I still love Popeye cartoons and Betty Boop, and I don't even know how anybody could survive this world not having grown up on Bugs Bunny cartoons. Um, because they have Paw Patrol. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I only I'm not know about Paw Patrol because of my niece. They're puppy. They're dogs with like superpowers. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm more of a cat person personally, but you know, I'm a crazy cat daddy. I'm a cat. I'm a cat sugar daddy. How many cats do you have? Four. Four. What are the names? There's Susie and the bed sheets. Furry Mercury. <laughs> uh, Ziggy Pawdust. Okay. And. Then there's Satan, who's the baby. The cutest purple. Great name. <laughs> Satan is like the cutest cat in the world. It's really funny when you get food deliveries. And he's like, oh. They're up in New York now? No, no, they're in New Orleans. Oh, and okay. like, you know, like Satan's behind the door and you're, you're, you know, you got like a like an Uber Eats delivery and, and, and there's Satan's behind the door and you're opening the door and they're trying to hand you the food and you're like, get back, Satan, get back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they just start cracking up. I'm like, oh, that's the cat. I'm not talking to you. you know? like, and they bust out laughing. Uh, that wouldn't go down with Jehovah's Witnesses too well. You talk about the blood of Christ and they'll run. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, you must miss them so much. I'm sorry. I do. You know, but I got my little devil puppet over here, so I'm all right. Hey, well, so you're if you need trophies. any clothes, Brass makes clothes for his dog. So... You know, <laughs> just throw that out there. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> just stay in the wardrobe. <laughs> help you out. You know. Yeah, you know, I want, I want, I want one of those capes like Astro has in the Jetsons or something. I, I, I bring capes back. You know, we live in a time where men don't wear enough capes. Well, well, hashtag men wear capes. Again. I got oh I got a really cool walking stick. I love that. I love of course that. you do. Type the walking stick, the top hat. Yeah, if you got a top hat, you have to have a walking stick. Do you have a monocle by any chance? No, I've got a lot of weird spy glasses and all kinds of stuff. I don't need a monocle. I have bionic eyes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I had cataract eye surgery. I have bionic eyes now. It's incredible. Oh, you really do have bionic eyes. Okay. They do. They give me interocular lens replacements. I basically have like a bionic contact on the inside of my eye. 
I never have to take off my contacts when I get tired. Does it get dry? Do you, do you suffer from dryness or anything like that? What the fuck is this? <laughs> what is happening? I'm just, you know, he, he he suffer from dryness? <laughs> I'm just preparing myself in case I need the surgery in the future. Do I suffer from dryness? No, I, I get I get quite moist. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm self lubricating. That's where we need read. Next question. Next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, any 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 ideas of making top hats as a line of clothing? Since you know. Look, I made a leather top hat, and I always get really insulted when people are like, I have one just like that. And I'm like, no, you definitely do not. <laughs> I made a lot of hats in the theater, so, you know, I, I, I spent five years um, bitching that I couldn't find a good leather top hat until I finally sat down and made one. So, Brass, would you and wear one if he makes one for you? A top hat? I, I'm not the, I, I don't think I look good in the top hat. Hey, what do you look good in over there? <laughs> in Brooklyn, a hoodie and a pair of pants, a sweatpants, a top, a top hat, doesn't, hat. Go, doesn't go good with the with that. Pretty much, you know. Listen, I used to live out by Linden Boulevard in Brooklyn, and I and I I, I used to take turns. Which liquor store did I want to go to? You know, to be harassed in by the local population <laughs> of the neighborhood. And one day, I was at one of the, the liquor store that was farther away from my house because I didn't want to fight the crackheads. And I go in there and this older guy is like kind of messing with me. And he's just like, what if I just reach in your pocket and take your money? And he puts his hand out like he's trying to touch my chest and I fucking smack his hand out of the way. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? It didn't go that well for the last guy. So you think you got a better chance? And he, like, looked at me, you know, he's, like, listening to me. He realizes I'm a real New York guy. And he said, you know what, man? He said, I'm not going to fuck with you because I'm going to go outside with you and you're going to kick my ass. And then everybody is going to say, yo, that dude that looked like Abraham Lincoln fucking kicked your ass in front of the fucking liquor store. <laughs> and he said, I'm not going to be able to live that one down. <laughs> Magically delicious, baby. It's a rite of passage. The crackhead, the dance around the crackhead. Oh my god! Hey, I always ask this question. You know the the music question. If you had a song oh, from the eighties. There we go. Right, I always got to ask this question. If you had a song from the eighties, what would it be your song? To like represent only one. Well, give me two. Give me a little leeway there. I use that for one, but don't be two today. It's so hard because I like a lot of different music. I'm a big Frank Zappa fan. I love Frank Zappa. But if you were going to talk about 80s me, I'd probably need something like Planet Rock. There you go. Planet Rock. Fred Zappa, Frank Zappa's brother? Who's Fred Zappa? Like, what? <laughs> or, or, you know, I take some art and noise, like into battle with the art and noise. No, seriously, who's Fred Zappa? Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. Oh, I said girl. Frank. You said Fred. I said Frank. <laughs> is, is Fred Frank's brother? <laughs> that was his middle name. Was this a fucking Flintstones over here? Easy top, dude. Just easy yeah. top. Oh, man. Okay. I fucking love you, Hangman. I really do. The last time I saw you, God, was fucking years ago was was at Mike's um, farewell at Bowery Electric that's a long ass time ago I'm just you know I'm looking at some calligraphy over here okay <laughs> you thought he was touched by the moment right <laughs> I thought he was like man she's right it's been a yeah. long ass you know time. what no look you know look I, I grew up down in the I grew up down by the East Village, you know, Mike Bacchetti, you know, was my friend's father. He was an underground tattoo artist. You know, Fine Line Tattoo was on First Avenue. I mean, there's still behind the scenes. You know, First Avenue and First Street, they had a shop there for over 20 years. Longest running tattoo shop in New York City. Yep. You know, uh, continuous running shop. You know, and Mike 
you know, I grew up around him. I really loved his work. I really admired him a lot. You know, uh, I was, you know, when you're it, a buddy of yours, dad, that you grew up with, but, you know, Mike turned around and he said um, about some of our artwork, he's like, you're really a master. That meant a lot to me. You know, but for him to say to me, I was a master, it meant a lot to me. That's a know? huge compliment. From You've gotten two amazing compliments, like two amazing people. That's And they're from totally different genres of art, so. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm lucky that, like, my art is really popular with, like, rock and roll casualties and Lower East Side drug addicts, you know. <laughs> God. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I was telling Brass that I actually met you not through graffiti, but in fact through Mihai and Mike from Fine Line. Um, oh, and God. Then Mihai was like, he's 156. And that's when I had just started Bowery Boogie Uncapped. And I was like, 156 crew? And Mihai used to, or is down 156. And I think you guys were going to some reunion or something. I put him down. Okay. Mihai didn't really write a lot of graffiti, but he's my homeboy, so, you know. I, I mean, I got him into as much trouble as I got him out of, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mihai's a good guy. I'm glad he was able to reopen, even in a private capacity. Definitely. Well, I mean, you know, in, 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 in order to create a, a safe, sterile environment, you know, you can't, just can't have people walking in off the street anymore in the tattoo world. Well, hopefully things will change a little and go back to normal. Finally. I don't know what I don't know what back to normal is anymore, but yeah. you know, I mean, I, I hear that phrase tossed around a lot, and I, I, you know, I certainly don't want anything that's normal in my life. That's true. Normal is overrated, but I would like to, like I said before, throw shows again. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm 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 much more like the Abby Normal. Abby Normal. <laughs> You know, that you know that? Did you know that, Rebel? You know, know what? That from? Abby Normal. Is that the little girl that chases no. the squirrels? No, the brain. Oh. The brain. It's from Young Frankenstein. Never mind. Oh, then we're right over her head. Over my head. <laughs> right Once over. again, you guys are old. <laughs> when I was a kid, I went to see Young Frankenstein in the theater with my stepmom, and I loved. We loved it so much that we stayed to watch it a second time. And I was a little kid. I was like, this is the greatest film I've ever seen. Look you need to watch guys. that. Though. You need to watch that. All right. I'll get right on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to wrap it up, though. It's been, a, it's been a good time with you. Thank you for joining us. Um, if, do you have any shout-outs you want to give or anything you want to say before we, we wrap up? I want to give a shout out to Casey Chaos in New Orleans and uh, to Susie in the bed sheets. Shout out to Satan. Furry, furry Mercury. <laughs> Ziggy Porter. <laughs> and Satan Von Wolfcat. Satan Gaddy loves you. Oh my God. You're the best fucking cat ever. Fuck everybody. <laughs> so people if they want to follow you he's like gothic hangman on instagram Bye. i am on i am on instagram i need more followers gothic hangman on instagram oh. hey let's get him to say wrap it up can you say wrap it up wrap 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 wrap, wrap it up oh there you go God. beautiful i'm gonna <laughs> need to splice that and use that <laughs> yeah just, we got re now we got hangman cut 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 it. <laughs> Cut, cut, cutting and scratching. Yeah. <laughs> you you know, I'm a real horror dude. I, I really, you know, I, I, I really, I really like cutting and scratching, like some fucking. Wolf that was really up. impressive, actually. So. What? You're cutting and scratching. I'm like a human sample machine. I wasn't really <laughs> half as silly as I could be on this fucking podcast. All right, well, give it a shot. Let's hear something right now. Oh, are you gonna put me on the spot? Yep. <laughs> Yo, if you want to follow me, what you gonna do? What you gonna see? I'm the hangman. Yeah, that's true. You better watch out. I'm coming for you. My noose is loose. It's got the juice. You better watch out because I am the deuce. 
the spruce is loose, it ain't no goose. <laughs> I'm drinking some whiskey, it's my favorite juice. <laughs> That was amazing. Round of applause. What a way to end the the, the cast, the podcast, right? That's a rap, rippity rap, rippity rap, rip, rip, rip it, rip it good. Oh my god! Like a werewolf on a full moon on a Saturday night, Saturday the thirteenth. Oh, it is Saturday the thirteenth. I was like, oh, she wants to interview me on the thirteenth. Yeah, that works for me. I like that number. I didn't do it on purpose, but I also like the number 13. You know what really disappoints me is that the scotch that I'm drinking is 14 years old, age 14 years old. I, I like a scotch that was age 13 years old. Yeah, should have had it a year ago. <laughs> you know what? Those Highland motherfuckers need to get on that shit right now. <laughs> Come on, Christopher Lambert. Yeah, Highlander. There can be only one. Well, yeah. <laughs> Over the head of rebel not knowledge at this moment. The Kurgan. Rebel McLeod. I am the Kurgan. <laughs> Ramirez never told you about me. You sound like Gollum. <laughs> you never saw Highlander, girl? I saw Highlander, but you sound like Gollum. My precious. Precious. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna st- we're gonna be here all night. So we're, now we're gonna really wrap it up. You want to beatbox us out? All right. And that. All right. <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap, wrap, wrap it up, guys. All right. Have a good. Thanks night. for having me. It's been a blast. I want to give a special shout out to my friends over at Bowen Hoover. I'd be down with cool. So when they do that, they reach out to Barry Bush. So go out there and get some beat and fucking do something. Next question. I'm Rebel Knowledge.